High end over end variety. And Amati from his 45. He's got a lane. And he's got speed. Look out. Beat, beat. The Ducks are in the end zone. Touchdown. This is the Duck Pod from the Register Guard Newsroom. Gordon head to head for sure. Mitchell goes in motion. They hand it off. Oregon sports beat writers Ryan Thorburn and Steve Mims. All right, we're back for our Friday edition of the Duck Pod. Ryan Thorburn, Steve Mims, head of Oregon, hosting Montana in the non-conference finale. Steve, what do you uh, think is going to happen Friday night uh, about midnight? What are you going to be writing about? Friday night. Saturday night. Well, let's get it. <laughs> it, might, it might actually be Sunday morning. Yeah, let's play it Friday night. No, it's Saturday night, seven forty-five p.m. Kick at Autzen, Pac-12 Networks. We estimate about an eleven thirty-seven final gun goes off. Yeah, so Mario will be you know talking about this one about midnight. It should be <laughs> a, a good one. Hopefully, there's no lightning delay like in Seattle. That would be even worse. Yeah, it looks like the weather's supposed to be all right. No, I. Uh, what do I expect to see? I expect that if we're going to see the Herbert to Herbert connection and maybe even the Herbert to Herbert touchdown, it's going to come in this one. Yeah, that's uh, a prediction I made. And then they threw to nine other tight ends besides <laughs> uh, Patrick Herbert. But, uh, you know, that's been, I think, one positive to the wide receiver injuries is a lot of different guys, whether that's Brady Aiello or uh, Daywood Davis. A lot of guys you didn't think were going to be catching touchdown passes of contributed and that really helps out a locker room i know they were thrilled about brady hiello and mm-hmm. and hunter camp moyer even and some of these guys that have been in the program a long time to, to get those kind of opportunities yeah and this week will give them obviously more of those opportunities montana's 2-0 and with wins over south dakota and north alabama there have been some montana teams in the past that might have come in here thinking they you know had a chance to hang with the pac-12 team this probably isn't one of them i mean montana they were six and five seven and four the last couple years this isn't you know this isn't one of those national title contenders like they've had in kind of recent decades uh they even really had a a big sky championship in the last couple years so oregon will have their chance again to kind of show their personnel off it'll be like last week um you know they should get ahead pretty handily and we'll see tyler shuck in there maybe we see kale millen in this time um and then, uh, you know, like I say, they can kind of keep rotating those receivers. And this is the last kind of dry run before we get to Stanford. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, that, that depth chart is going to be a little bit more set than it'll need to be this week. Yeah, it's interesting to get a player's perspective or a coach's perspective, the guys that live it and then watch the film and, and are looking for certain things because Shane Lemieux felt like Oregon, which only had 90 net yards rushing against Auburn, obviously a really good defense. Like their offensive line really played well against Auburn. Yeah. And then last week they went seventy seven to six and he said they did not play well at all, the first teamers in terms of the running game. So uh, I'd look for Oregon to to run the ball and uh, get CJ Verdell going a little bit, get Travis Dye going a little bit, and then obviously Darian Felix has had uh, some nice scoring punch off the bench. Yeah, it's so hard to know what was real and what wasn't against Nevada. I mean, that felt like, you know, it was 7-6 for a while, and then all of a sudden, boom, boom, it was 35-6. And, uh, you know, you, you never got the idea in the second half that Nevada was going to put up any kind of a fight. So Oregon was able to kind of, you know, if they wanted to run it more, if they wanted to put up 200 yards rushing, I'm sure they could have. You know, if they'd wanted Herbert to throw for – 
seven touchdowns to set the school record. I'm sure they could have. So it's tough to know. And, and again, this Saturday's going to be the same thing. I mean, it's we're going to probably draw a lot of conclusions that, that may or may not be real. But uh, the more interesting thing to me, I mean, I, this is the ultimate stay healthy type game. You know, we're not probably not going to see Cam McCormick, whereas, you know, maybe he could play if it was Pac-12. But, you know, Juwan Johnson, I would I would think he sounds like he gets out there. But, again, probably not going to have him running a whole lot out there to get him ready for another week. So uh, this is definitely a, a keep him healthy week and, and kind of, like I say, get a few more of those guys, a little bit more reps before the, uh, the big game start. Oregon played a very talented true freshman quarterback in Bo Nix and held him under wraps until that final drive. Um, against Auburn and then last week they overwhelmed Nevada's redshirt freshman quarterback this week uh, Montana has a senior quarterback Dalton Sneed he's putting up some really nice numbers he was originally going to UNLV where Bobby Hawk was before Mm -hmm. so he was an FBS recruit and he's having a nice career at Montana so at least that's something they have to worry about is you know a veteran quarterback and so far Montana's had a really good passing offense haven't really even attempted to do a lot on the ground so uh oregon's secondary which is super talented will be tested a little bit yeah like you say if nothing else just a guy who can maybe make a little bit more quicker read to be able to take advantage of some openings that the last two guys they faced certainly couldn't so uh, but of course he's, he's not faced a, a defensive line like like oregon's got or, or seen like you mentioned that secondary um, so I, I wouldn't come in here expecting to, to see him putting up big numbers, but they probably will throw it a lot, so they may get some yards. But um, something tells me Oregon will bait him into a couple mistakes as well. Andy Avalos's defense is really getting it done as far as tackles for loss, sacks, turnovers early in the season. Uh, you wrote about Mays Funa, their outstanding freshman linebacker, a really highly recruited guy. Uh, DJ Johnson didn't play against Auburn and then lights it up against Nevada rotating a lot of freshmen in there and to go with you know a veteran cast you you have to like that if you're an Oregon fan that you know Justin Herbert isn't gonna have to win road games by himself this year the defense might win a game or two yeah Avalos mentioned yesterday he said man there were he'd never seen that many freshmen on the field in the game and said but instead of feeling like panic he thought that was a good thing that they had that many guys ready to go you know you got Thibodeau and Eford and uh, you know Jamal Hill and uh, DJ James in the secondary. A lot of those guys are doing most of their work right now on special teams, but certainly as the game got out of hand, they were able to get some of those guys in there, some reps. Um, certainly still led by Die at the senior and, and you know, the three-year guy and Jordan Scott there, but some new faces going in around them, and, and you know, Isaac Slade's another one there, and um, Lamar Winston, the veteran. So there, there's been a little mix of, of some guys who've been around for a little while while they're, while they're working in the new guys. Oregon obviously struggled you know, Helfrich's last year when Vernon Adams Jr. was injured, they struggled. Willie's only year when Herbert broke his collarbone. It looks to me like, you know, they're knocking on wood. Obviously, nobody wants to see Justin miss any time. But if Justin Herbert were to miss a game or two, looks like Tyler Shuck could at least be operational, functional, and, <laughs> you know, make a statement about the 2020 race. Yeah, I think the chances he's been given, you know, both the spring games, he looked good in some spring games and looked good there the other day. I, I think watching him throw the other day, it almost takes you back to the Auburn game. And, man, the one play he did have to come in, maybe he could have been comfortable rolling out and trying to throw the ball a little bit instead of having to hand it right off there. But, you know, it would be fascinating to see because, like I say, it's just been other than you know, the last good backup quarterback Oregon had was Justin Herbert. But you go back before that, it's been a while since Oregon's had a guy that you kind of 
of felt like, you know, hey, if the top guy goes down and, and Chuck, I, I think fans are optimistic. But again, you don't want to see him in a in a real important time. But at the same time, if that comes up, I do think that there wouldn't be kind of the feeling of, uh oh, as, uh, as there might have been with some of the past backup options. And I asked Tyler about it. Not only is he going to try to replace a legendary guy next year, but the second team offensive line is going to have to replace you know some guys that have been starting for four yeah. years Lemieux Hanson Throckmorton and the list goes on um, and those guys got a lot of playing time with Shuck uh, against Nevada and it was interesting because two Oregon guys uh, Forsyth and Ryan Walk the walk-on from mm-hmm. Sheldon were mentioned by Mario as the leaders of that second unit which is interesting because you know they have a lot of high-level recruits in there as well yeah, absolutely. Stephen Jones, the guy who we saw starting last year, and they feel like he's he's probably the the left tackle of the future here. You know, after one more year of Penne or possibly two, but um, yeah, I mean when they you know Penne takes over as the leader of the line, you got Jones in there. The guys you mentioned, Dawson Jeremillo's and another in-state guy. It's been a lot of guys that they've talked pretty highly of, just haven't again like Corbett, just haven't had to see him. Um, and again, this is probably the last week you'll see some of those guys because I don't think you're going to see. Yeah, Throckmorton and Hanson in that group taking a lot of breaks once they get into Pac-12 play. Yeah, so if you have your binoculars out and are bored with the score or whatever, I mean, that's something to look at is the the future of the offensive line quarterback possibly in the second half here. So um, we can get into more of what's going to happen in our last segment, but uh, let's take a quick break. Hi there, it's Les Schwab Tires. You know, we've been helping keep folks safe on the road around here since 1952. That's why you can save up to $152 on a set of four select light truck and SUV tires during our fall tire sale. So swing by or book an appointment at LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing since 1952. Limited time offer while supplies last. Discount depends on tire size and type. Cannot be combined with other offers. Details at LesSchwab.com. All right, we're back for our celebrity mailbag uh, segment, Steve. Uh, last week was uh, a great success. We had some really good guys right in, and uh, we have some more this week. Um, let me start off. Let's see. Okay, here's a, here's one from off the uh, the lower 48. Can Hawaii unofficially win the Pac-12? Signed, Nick R. from Honolulu. <laughs> Yeah, two and zero with one more to come. And if they win, <laughs> they win this week. You know, the Washington suddenly at home doesn't look like quite the the daunting task it was before Cal went in there. But yeah, if they they can take out Arizona and Oregon State, that you know those are probably your last place team in both divisions. So nice scheduling, Nick R. That was good scheduling on your part. But uh, if they get Washington, that would certainly be you know the Pac-12. You know, the thing for them has been that some of their lower programs have been losing to those non-conferences. They start getting to the point where some of these you know preseason favorites are on that list. They're going to be some trouble. You can let UCLA this year and, uh, you know, like I say, Arizona and Oregon State, but if USC had lost to Fresno State or goes and loses to BYU or something like that, that's going to be a, a tougher look for the conference. Yeah, I, I actually covered Nick Rolovich, uh, the Hawaii coach, when he was a backup with the Broncos, and he's a really smart, really funny guy. I don't know if this is the same Nick or not, but <laughs> uh, Nick Rolovich is having a good time with the Rainbow Warriors, and on the other sideline, Jonathan Smith – I watched the end of that on Facebook, and he looked to be in absolute misery. And going for that punt in his own territory, not getting it, essentially handing Hawaii the winning field goal, and then having his own players punch another of their own. And then after the game, 
swinging at Hawaii. Not a great look for the Beavers. I mean, they just keep digging this thing deeper and deeper. When is the rock bottom going to? Well, it could be Saturday if they lose to Cal Poly. Yeah. Um, yeah, those Hawaii trips games always sound really fun when you schedule them, and there are a couple of nice little lead-ups. You get to go to Pearl Harbor and all that, but boy, when you lose one of those and suddenly you got the long flight back, I, I think the Beavs had plenty of things to regret on that trip. Next question comes from Jim in Boulder. Would you rent or buy if you had an opportunity to buy some property in Tallahassee, Florida? Uh, I think Jim, uh, last week we had Willie from Tallahassee, so I'm guessing that this is uh, Jim and Willie who have been teamed up together again. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, if the Levitt-Taggart connection, which worked okay here the first year, um, you almost wonder if uh, if Willie wouldn't rather just fire his D coordinator and let Jim take that over. Maybe that's what he's setting up for next year. If he can kind of, if Willie needs to bail himself out or give them some reason to keep him around, maybe he claims that Jim's the answer. Which certainly some people around here felt like he was an answer when he was replacing guys like Hoke and Don Pelham. Yeah, in case you missed the news, Jim Levitt is returning to football as an analyst at Florida State, not on the actual coaching staff. So he'll be. Similar to John Neal at Oregon, watching film, breaking things down, helping the coaches get ready. But I would think this is a situation where Jim could be the defensive coordinator in 2020 at Florida State, and that's really going to be Willie's last chance to get something going. So uh, could Jim leverage that situation <laughs> like Mario Cristobal did? The Willie situation here, could uh, Willie get it going at Florida State and, and leave or be asked to leave and, and Jim Levitt get that shot at age 63? Yeah, could Jim or could Jim run Willie out of there and then suddenly there's an opening and, you know, maybe Jim's c- can impress some people behind the scenes. But, yeah, I, I think uh, – I don't think that Jim's uh, – there'll be another head coaching job for him, but it's probably not going to be at a – it's not going to be at a Power 5 type deal if he if he really wants it. Yeah, I think last year was his shot with uh, K-State coming open, Colorado coming open. Uh, He also wanted Texas Texas Tech, Tech, and all three said no thanks. So uh, speaking of that, Colorado, you know, hired Mel Tucker. That's looking pretty good. And uh, Scott F. and Lincoln wants to know, are the Buffs back? They really played well in that fourth quarter. Well, I'd say yes, except that last year I think they started off what four and zero, and then I suddenly think five and zero to five and seven. Five and zero, and then McIntyre got fired of that. So the wins over Colorado State and Nebraska, which are the same two teams they beat last year at this point, uh, may have been a bit of a mirage last year. But who knows? You know, with uh, with with Mel Tucker in there, maybe all of a sudden a little bit. You know, they got Air Force this week. If they get to three and zero, I'm not sure who they open Pac-12 with, but you know, they can kind of get this thing to four or something like that. They could suddenly be within a bowl range. Which really, other than that one year that they made the, the run with Jim Levitt, by the way, at defensive coordinator into the Pac-12 title game. They haven't even been in a bowl game since they've been in the conference. Yeah, it looks like 5-0 and is not out of the realm of possibilities. Air Force is a, a, a kind of a trap game they need to watch out for with that triple option. But after that, they're at Arizona State. You know, you figure you might be able to score more points than Arizona State uh, with LaVisca Chenault and, and everything, um, and then hosting Arizona. So if the Buffs get to 5-0, and the Friday night lights uh, at Autzen could be interesting when they if they were able to come in here 4-0 or 5-0. They may not want to get to 5-0 because suddenly they're going to have all these flashbacks to last year. They might be better off coming in here at 4-1. and Of course, uh, 
Colorado coming to Autzen will always remind Oregon fans of the what I believe was the beginning of the end of the Helfrich era when Dakota Prukop came back and threw the uh, interception in the end zone that snatched defeat from the hands of victory. And I think when uh, Mark Helfrich then called that, his quote after that was that it, he'd never been in a train wreck, but he assumes that's what it felt like. So uh, Colorado coming here, although that'll be fun having a Friday night game at home. They haven't been many of those lately, but if uh, if they're on a on a nice run, that may be make some bad memories for the Ducks. Our next question, is Oregon now the favorite again in the North Division race because Jacob Eason didn't exactly look like Justin Herbert, signed Chris P. in Seattle? I think that if – I don't know if the question is whether or not Oregon is the favorite, but it would be if, is Washington State the co-favorite at this point. You know, I think Oregon's been the favorite all along. And, you know, Washington is just a situation where you have a hard time seeing that division winner, you know, losing more than two games and – Losing at home to Cal just can't be one of those. You figure if you're losing that game, you probably got two more losses on yours. So that does tell me that you know Washington's probably on their way out of it. My interest would be watch and see if you know is Washington State really just got to you know add quarterback, you know mix mix it with water, shake it up, and all of a sudden Gardner Minshew part two comes back out, and they've got a guy with all the kind of parts, the surrounding parts that, that Minshew had last year. So I wonder if maybe we've you know, this has kind of reached the point where maybe Washington State is, is even more of a of a contender heading into conference in Washington. Yeah, I, I think it's a little too soon to give up on Washington. They play USC at home at Stanford, which, you know, Stanford is, is struggling right now, at Arizona, and then they host Oregon. So I still think that Oregon game is going to be a big deal, but we shall see. I would rather have Justin Herbert than what uh, Chris P. might have in, in Seattle right now. Um I think you jumped the gun on the final question we got was, don't forget about the Cougs. This offense is scoring at will, and we're going to do so again at Houston on Friday. And we have owned Oregon since 2014, signed Mike L. and Pullman. I think you're right. Washington State is the new player in this division. They were last year. And even though Gardner Minshew is now the starter in Jacksonville, starting quarterback, they're looking good again. Uh, Mike Leach is just – he's got a good program now. Yeah, there's no doubt. Like you're saying, you know, everybody thought that he had the grad transfer that gave Gubrud coming back in there, and, you know, he goes his own way, surprises it, goes with the guy who's been sitting around on his bench for three years, and suddenly he's thrown for 450 games. It's just exactly what we saw last year when, you know, and, and a lot of the pieces around it, like I say, are very similar. So I think, you know, the Houston game, I, I don't think you could probably put an over-under on that one. Um but if you know it, it's going to be pretty high, and then with Leach loves beating up teams from Texas, doesn't really have much love left for Texas for the way things happen there. So it could be that you know we've all been looking at you know kind of that Stanford game to open Pac-12 play in Washington. But you're right, the North could be decided at Autzen on October 26th. Yeah, Washington State opens up Pac-12 play against UCLA. You know that's a win, barring a dramatic turnaround by the Bruins. But then they're at Utah very interesting game so uh you know they they might come into uh Autzen with only one loss but uh, they also have to go to cal so um maybe next week we'll we'll hear from justin and berkeley because uh cal's got it going on a little bit too so yeah anyway well let's take our final break and then wrap up with our prediction for montana hi Ryan Thorburn here, sports reporter at the Register Guard. I've covered a lot of your favorite sports memories in recent years, 
Marcus Mariota being presented the Heisman Trophy in New York, Oregon blowing defending national champion Florida State off the field in the Rose Bowl, Sabrina Ionescu becoming the face of women's college basketball while helping transform the Ducks from Pac-12 afterthought to national powerhouse. No other media company covers Oregon athletics with the depth and quality found at ducksports.com. But in order for the Register Guard to continue its rich history of local journalism, we need your support. Please subscribe and support our advertisers to help us chronicle the Ducks and take you behind the scenes to create more memories in the years to come. All right, Steve, Oregon, Montana, the Grizz, Coming to town, uh, the Ducks are 7-0-1 all-time against the Grizz. All of those games have been played in Eugene. The t- tie was in 1952, 14-14. Um, we weren't around for that one. So 2005, I believe, was the last meeting um, between the two, a blowout for Oregon. Uh, I expect – I actually expect Montana to put up a better fight than Nevada, but – you know, Oregon's obviously going to win this game and probably empty the benches again in the second half. I'll say mm, 56 to 13. All right. Well, I'm going with, as I said at the beginning, this is the Herbert to Herbert catch. I think it probably is a touchdown. I think they wait until they get into a good spot. It's a family that's done some damage against Montana before. Mitchell Herbert played at Montana State. So there's some, some, uh, some, you know, family history going up against the Grizz, and I think that uh, you know if you know, if you're, you're going to try to, this might be the day when you can actually kind of choreograph it. You know, where you can kind of get into a, a position where you got a game that's out of reach, and you can kind of get the personnel in there to kind of line things up and see if you can get Patrick out there and do it at home and and give and kind of get the question out of the way if there was going to be a Herbert Turber connection. So. I'm going to say that happens with the score is I have a hard time thinking it's a whole lot closer than Nevada. I mean, I think Nevada's got better personnel. I, I think, though, Montana, you know, again, things just don't steamroll, and Montana probably hangs in there and tries to fight back a little bit harder. So I'd say it probably gets into the 60s, probably like a 66 to 13 type deal. Didn't Justin's dad play at Montana? Could be. I'm not yeah, 100% sure. I think he that. might have. So uh, definitely some history between Sheldon and Montana, anyway. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd expect the Grizz to play hard, but, uh, you know, this is a, a money game for them, and, and they still still have some work to do to compete for the Big Sky Championship again, and, and Oregon obviously has their eyes on a Pac-12 championship. Anyway, make sure you check out DuckSports.com for all the coverage of that game, and then next week leading into Stanford, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks a lot.